Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this Tuesday morning, the day after, of course, our World Cup win. Thanks for joining us on SEN 1170 AM, AM rather in Sydney, wherever you tuned in via the SEN app. We're off to a flyer this morning, aren't we? Scotty Bailey's going to join me from AAP. A lot to cover with Scott. Simon Hill, host of the Global Game, of course, the Socceroos in action early tomorrow morning. And Phil Murphy from ESPN will do a bit of a international American sweep with Phil from basketball through to golf. I've got some news on the golf front for you, um, which has only just happened in the last couple of hours. And it's one of those weird ones. It's around Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy's new league that they were trying to start, the Virtual Golf League. It's going to be put on hold. So we'll cover all of that. And NFL, of course, with Phil this morning. So a little bit later on, we've got the rematch of Super Bowl 57. At 12.15 is the start, and you can catch this on NFLGamePass.com. So Kansas City Chiefs v. Philadelphia Eagles. Last time they met, the Chiefs, of course, won the Super Bowl 38-35. to So coming into this, it's Kansas City 7-2 and against the Eagles 8-1. and So that match will be starting just after we go off air, but we'll get all the latest with Phil Murphy on that. And your call on one 1170 this morning. I want you to answer me this. Are we in a sporting lull? Can we officially say that we've hit a sporting lull? <laughs> I mean, we've had an absolute World Cup-a-thon that's been going, it seems, all year. Every single sport, couple of years, every single sport's been having a World Cup. And off the back of Australia's amazing win over there in India and ahead of the T20s, which we'll talk about in just a second, We've got a little bit going on. There's enough to sort of talk about, but are we? can we officially call this a sporting lull? Or is this the space that you needed for a bit of a reset? Are you feeling a little bit down and lonely today in the sporting sense? Because there's nothing jumping out of us, out at us in terms of these massive events that we've had just coming at us left, right and centre from every single sport. And if that's the case... What else do you want to talk about? Quite often we sit here and go, give me your opinion on this. You tell me the answer to this. Finish the sentence to that. I'm going to hand it over to you. What else do you want to talk about? If we are officially in a sporting lull, and these days sporting lulls, what, do they last 24 hours, maybe? I mean, probably be lucky if we get to midday and the sporting lull's over and done with. So why don't you let us know what else you want to talk about this morning? It can be sport. 
can be away from sport, movies, holidays, net, whatever you want to talk about. Let let me let you direct the conversation this morning with your call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Paddy Cummins says that cup win over there in India is the pinnacle. It's hard to disagree, and legends are agreeing with him. He said, even if you have a 10-year career, you might only get two shots at a cup, and the whole cricket world stops with this World Cup so it doesn't get any better. He's lapping it up, and so he should be. And then you see some quotes from some of our all-time greats. Adam Gilchrist called it one of the finest victories in our sporting history. I love the quote this morning in the article from Alan Border in the News Limited Papers. AB said, Paddy Cummins called a bowl first was one of the bravest decisions I've seen from a cricket captain. We discussed this yesterday and we discussed the fact that India were planning to bat first anyway. But when you've got somebody like AB saying that's one of the bravest decisions I've seen from a cricket captain, it's time to listen. And of course, the post-mortem about India's performance and why they can't get over the hump at the final hurdle as often as they should be has been dissected left, right and centre. And I reckon one of the best quotes that I've seen this morning is this. Australia won because they were not afraid to lose. And that speaks probably more to India than it does to Australia. The Aussies won because they were not afraid to lose. India, especially in that scene, at that time, on that stage, had everything to lose. And in the end, they played like it. Meanwhile, get ready to go again. Because if there is a sporting lull, it's going to be over in cricket terms by Friday morning. But you've got to wonder why. Australia v India, T20s, here we come. A five-match series. Now, it'll start Friday morning at 12.30 a.m., Friday morning our time. So I can't imagine there's going to be too much interest in this aside from once it starts to get moving and then we start to recap it in the mornings and we start to get the back end of it. But it's incredible, isn't it? They've just finished a World Cup. There were, what, 48 matches in, in, in total in the World Cup. And just a few days later, they're going to roll out T20 matches, five of them. Just a few days later... Andrew McDonald will be heading home to rest and also prepare for the summer ahead in the test matches ahead, which means that Andre Borovic will be in charge of the senior team for the first time. Hasn't played any first-class cricket, but he's highly regarded throughout the coaching circle. So Australia will have a brand-new coach, and I dare say that very few people know who Andre is, but he'll be in charge and, of course, will be resting at least five senior players, Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood, Mitch Marsh, Cameron Green, all returning home. The squad will be captained by Matthew Wade. So it's a fair question to ask, are you all cricketed out before the season here, the summer season, has really started? It's been absolutely fantastic, the World Cup over there, but do we need five T20 matches off the back of it just to fill the coffers even more? Let me know your thoughts on that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number or 0457 736 736. WBBL continues, of course. And we've had more than 40 matches in the WBBL so far. In fact, 47 matches with 10 to go. So this afternoon at Cricket Central out there at Sydney Olympic Park, 3 o'clock start for the Sydney Thunder and Adelaide Strikers. 
And then 7.10pm tonight, Brisbane Heat v Sydney Sixers up there in uh, Brizzy at Allen Border Field, which then takes us to the Stadium Series. On Friday, there'll be a double header at the Adelaide Oval, Heat and Thunder, and then Strikers in Perth. On Saturday at the MCG, Stars and Renegades. And on Sunday at the SCG, Sixers against the Thunder. And the WBBL and those clubs in particular, the Sixers and the Thunder, are, are pushing for give us a record attendance at the SCG next week. Let's see if we can break the standalone WBBL game of 15,511. That came when the Scorchers in Perth won the title, the 07 title that was WBBL 07 at Optus Stadium back in 2021. So they're looking for 15,500 to beat. I, I think the problem here is if you've been following the WBBL as we have, and I love the format, I love the competition, I love everything about it, and I love the women's game, the crowds have been very, very, very small. In fact, we don't have any crowd numbers whatsoever. We, we cannot find any crowd numbers for the 47 matches so far in WBBL. So there's clearly a policy here not to release them. If somebody knows any different, please tell me. And this is not a shot at the WBBL at all in terms of crowds, but what happens when they get to the stadium series? Are they going to release the crowds then and then only, or do they not count? Are we missing something here? I'd love to see a massive crowd out there at the SCG for the Sixers and Thunder. And I love the idea of the stadium series because it puts WBBL at the big stages, at those big events. But are we going to get the numbers that we're hoping for? Well, we don't know what the numbers are. So let's see if we can get some transparency around that. So just on golf, Tiger and Rory's virtual league is going to be delayed until 2025. It's a weird one, this one. The, the whole thing about it's a little bit weird. It's all based on technology and it's all designed to fit into ESPN over in the US. Essentially, it's meant to stick mainly inside the college basketball primetime hours. It takes two hours to do this 15-hole match that they were going to do, or 15-hole matches, and it was all meant to be played in Florida. But they had some damage to the arena that was going to take too long to repair. A six-team league that was meant to debut in January and finish before the Masters in April, backed, of course, by Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. But then they had a power failure at the place and the backup systems failed, which damaged the air-supported dome section that they were going to play in, 250,000-square-foot arena in Florida, and they can't fix it in time, they're saying. Six teams were going to play into it. Big, big names had signed up, and you're hitting longer shots onto a screen that's 20 times larger than a standard golf simulator, and closer shots are played to a high-tech green complex that rotates and creates different shots. So they were going to play over 15 holes, and now they're going to delay it until 2025. I dare say we might not see this at all. They've given it a fair crack. They've had a big push, and it's out of their hands, of course, that there's a temporary power system failure. But if they're delaying it already until 2025, I'm not sure where it's going to head. And also the virtual golf, is that going to get us out of a lull? Trying to get themselves out of a lull is Rugby Union, of course.
So the next Wallabies coach, we, we know that the new Rugby Australia chairman is Daniel Herbert. So Dan Herbert faced the cameras yesterday. He was elected as the new chair. They wanted a, a change in direction and a release of all the distraction that's been going on. So they bid farewell to Hamish McLennan, who also resigned from the board of Rugby Australia completely. It's now in the hands of Dan Herbert, and he has committed to making sure that they give Phil War, the CEO, all of the power that he needs and the backing that he needs. Dan Herbert has said, I'll, I'll be there as much as I need to be, but this is about the CEO. The interesting part here is that one of the first things that we know is that the Wallabies or Rugby Australia will appoint a high-performance director, a full-time high-performance director. Now, you might ask, why haven't they got one in the first place? Which is a good question. They had one back in 2018-19 when Michael Checker was coach and Scott Johnson was there as the high-performance director, essentially to oversee Michael Checker and, and what he was doing. So now Dan Herbert has said, we'll appoint one in the coming weeks. We haven't gone to market for a Wallaby coach and we won't until we place the high-performance director. He said, I've been trying to get the point across that changing the coach doesn't fix what's going on right now. We have to put the foundations in place, and that starts with a good high-performance director that can come in and run the process to find the coach and make sure we find the right fit for our playing group and the right person who can address some of the team's shortcomings. So the high-performance director will find the coach and oversee the Wallabies coach. That's a really key point. It's happened elsewhere. It's happened here before, but it's happening at the moment with Ireland, for instance. They've had David Nusifora there and Andy Farrell coaching. So you've got the high-performance director model already there. What does that mean for the next Wallabies coach who will have to report to a high-performance director? Does it mean that the Wallabies coach is second in command? How does that work? And does that narrow or broaden the field of those that want to take the job, knowing that they've got that overseeing role there to deal with all their troubles. Or perhaps it's the other way. It's an interesting part. They're hoping to appoint a new Wallabies coach by February before the Super Rugby season starts in 2024. In football, the Socceroos play Palestine tomorrow morning our time in Kuwait City. And as we've said consistently on this program, it's going to be a very different game of footy essentially, a very different international. They landed on Friday, the Socceroos. They've also decided to donate a percentage of their match fees to the ongoing humanitarian efforts in the Gaza Strip. Palestine's coach has said, our players are not in the right frame of mind. No matter how hard we may try to get their focus on the games, it's natural. They're worried about their families, relatives and friends. That's the truth. Obviously, we have to play the qualifiers. We'll do our best and hope for some good results, which I believe can bring a little happiness to our people. Three of the Palestine uh, team, uh, three of their best players have been ruled out of this camp because they couldn't get out of Gaza in time to join the squad. So there's much more than a game of soccer at play here tomorrow morning in Q8 City. Neutral venue, of course. I'll speak to Simon Hill about all this later on, and the Australians go there in good faith with the right intentions. And it's going to be very interesting to see how all involved deal with that stage because there's a lot more behind it. A shout-out at the New South Wales Sports Awards held last night in Darling Harbour to 
Um, some of those that received gongs, Athlete of the Year goes again to Jess Fox. Tokyo gold medalist, of course, our most decorated, the world's most decorated canoe slalom athlete. It's the fifth time she's won the New South Wales Sports Awards Athlete of the Year. The Athlete of the Year with a disability, Lauren Parker, a double world champion para-athlete in both para-triathlon and para-cycling. And it's the fourth time that Lauren has won the award. So congratulations. How's this for Coach of the Year in New South Wales? Miriam Fox, Gerald Sami. Jess Fox's mum and coach. And that's the first time that she's won that. The Penrith Panthers are the New South Wales Sports Team of the Year. And congratulations to the one and only Lane Beachley, seven-time world surfing champion who's been elevated to legend status. She becomes the 24th legend on that list and the first surfer to do so. So there's some great names, some great teams. And um, congratulations to everybody involved in that one. In rugby league, of course, so there's a whole heap of news around and uh, the boys have been talking about it this morning. Siwa Wong has extended his contract to stay at the Roosters until the end of 2026. Michael Jennings, a conditional clearance to sign a train and trial contract for the pre-season. Matt Moylan, of course, is now officially off to Super League as well, signing a two-year deal with the Lee Leopards, uh, despite having another year to run on that Cronulla contract. So he leaves the NRL after 191 games, 89 of those with the Panthers, 102 with the Sharks, Test for Australia and three State of Origins as well. So good luck to Matty Moylan. Um, we wish you very well in your next endeavours. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Are we in a sporting lull, folks? Let me know your thoughts around that. How do we get out of it? What else can we talk about until some... More sport comes barreling our way. Come and join that conversation right here on your home of sport in Sydney, SEN.